Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and I'm thrilled today to be joined by our guest, who has a number of degrees under her belt, including a Bachelor of Arts degree in sociology, a Master of Education degree in school counseling, and a Master's of Theology degree from North Carolina Theological Seminary. She's a preacher, a speaker, a teacher, a psalmist, which I really love, and I can't wait to, to dive into that later, and the author of her book called I Am. Stacy P. Carr, thank you so much for joining us and being on the Praying Christian Women podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Jamie. Um, I'm just so excited about, you know, being able to be a woman uh, sent by God to speak to women, to men alike, whoever he sends me to. I'm just excited for this opportunity to share with you and your listeners on today that which you will have for us to hear. Well, I'm excited too. And before we get into your book and just the message that God has put on your heart, we like to each, we, we like to ask each of our guests what your favorite prayer closet is. Where do you go to feel close to God? Mm -hmm. Well, um, that's a great question. I really like that. And right now for me, my favorite prayer closet or my place of prayer, my place where I meet and talk with God is simply my living room. Um, being a mother of two and having a husband. Um, so right now for me, it's not so much the place, but the time of prayer for me, because I've got to start my day off in prayer. Um, that is so important to me. My kids know it. My husband knows it. Um, I get up early. I have to start my morning off uh, with Jesus. Some people, you know, they got to start it off with a cup of coffee. Um, well, for me, I've got to start it off with a cup of Jesus. And so um, I get up early. You know, David said, early will I seek thee, O God. And so I get up around 515 before my husband, before my kids, and um, I go down to my living room and I make my love seat an altar. Um, and so, you know, we see that in the Old Testament all the time, you know, the people of God, whenever they had an encounter with God, whenever they experienced God, that place then became an altar. Um, and yes, I do feel close to God right on my love seat because, of course, he said that he draws nigh to all those who will call upon him. And so for all of you that are listening, you know, wherever you can find time to talk with God, to um, have an encounter with him, it's OK. That can be your prayer closet. And for me, that is my living room. <laughs> I love that, you know, and, you know, we talk a lot on, on the podcast about the movie, the war room and how neat it is mm -hmm. that, you know, you have this actual closet with things, but the, the answers that we have gotten all through the years that we've been doing the podcast, mm -hmm. what I love about it is there are just so many different places that you can be close to God and it doesn't yes. matter where it is. And you don't have to make your prayer closet or the place that you meet with God look like somebody else's because it could just be for a season, you need to be in this certain place or, you know, because of a certain time in your life, you, mm -hmm. you need to go for a walk. Or for me, it's been the garage sometimes where it's just the one place where it's dark, it's quiet. Nobody yes. knows I'm there for just a few minutes, <laughs> especially when the kids were little and, mm -hmm. you know, you just step into that closet, but you can step anywhere. I mean, we talked about, um, uh, John Wesley's mom, Susanna mm -hmm. Wesley would put her apron over her head and that was her prayer closet because she had so many kids and so much going on and she couldn't leave them. So mm -hmm. she just put her apron over her head and they knew that was where she spent time with God. But I love that wow. your kids know that that's where you meet with God. They know that that's your time. They, they whether they see it or whether they just know that's what happens. I think that's powerful. That your yes, kids and, know. and, and so like sometimes I'll go over my time because I'm just having such a great time and they'll wake up and they'll come downstairs and they'll peek their head around and they'll look and, you know, they'll go back upstairs uh, to my husband and they'll say, mommy's still spending time. And that's <laughs> what we call it. I call it spending time. So like sometimes they'll come down and they'll say, well, mommy, what you doing? You know, I started by saying I'm spending time with God. And, you know, so I simply short, I shortened it and I said, well, I'm spending time and they know. 
And so, yeah, prayer is a big thing in our house. The kids pray all the time. And, um, and that is because they do see me and my husband, you know, praying in front of them. And it is a certain time and they understand that it's sacred. It's between me and God. I love you. But right now I got to talk to God um, and they're just fine with it. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. Oh, that's great. Well, I can't wait to talk about your book. Um, tell us about what the book I am is about and why did you feel that it needed to be written? Well, the book I am, I like to say, is a book of practical teachings on who God says we are in the simplest form. Um, you know, we have so many things that we hear all over the world. Society says this. Um, the culture says this, um, certain uh, ethnic groups and uh, backgrounds, organizations says we have to be this, we have to do this. Um, but And so what happens is we go through this um, phase of not knowing the truth about who God says we are and we end up living a defeated life or we end up living a life beneath our privilege. And so the book I Am it just tells the truths of God's word found within the pages of his Bible. And I felt the need to write this book because I was one who did not have an understanding of those truths. You know, the basic truths that we hear. Um, I'm a pastor's kid. So growing up in church, I would hear all these different titles. You know, we're the elect of God. Um, we're Abraham's seed, we're the head, we're the lender. Um, and I had to come to grips with the fact that I really didn't understand what that was. And so I had a deficiency. And anytime there's a deficiency, you are vulnerable for attacks. And so I was being attacked in every area of my life, even as a Christian. And it started with low self-esteem. You know, and a lot of times, especially we as women, you know, our steam is a sensitive topic because we do go through so many different things and the enemy can easily play on our self-esteem. Um, and so he was having a field day with me and um, I was just, you know, being defeated until one day I decided um, that I was tired of the low self-esteem, the insecurities, the fear that came along with that. And I sought God about who he says I was. Um, and as I was studying his word, he would reveal those truths to me in a very practical way. He broke them down to me and I began to write it down. And then one day he spoke so clearly to me and he said, this is not just for you, but this is for the masses. Um, and of course, we think of that word, right? The masses, we think about the number, you know, it's a large group. But the actual definition for that is a large group of ordinary people, the common people. In other words, God was saying, Stacy, it's not about you. There's so many other people that need to hear these truths because at some point in time in our lives, all of us are, you know, we're, we're, we're attacked by the enemy because of our identity or in the area of our identity because he wants us to live that defeated life because he understands and he knows that if we could ever understand the truth, then we will be able to defeat him and silence him and live a victorious life on this earth. And so the book I am, it is, I like to call it an in-depth power plan against the devil. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, if you could pick one takeaway that somebody would come away with, I'm sure you have a lot and we'll get into some of them, but if, if there was one major takeaway, what would it be? Um, yes, as you said, there's so many takeaways, but if I had to choose just one, with 23 chapters in this book, the study guide, the life application, I'd have to say the number one takeaway would be knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, you know, every chapter has a focal scripture and it's broken down in, into details there is a study guide. There are supporting scriptures. 
it took me four and a half years to write this book. And that was because I was researching and studying um, different variations, different um, commentaries and different theologians and historians, um, different versions of uh, translations of the Bible so that one could have the knowledge that it takes to change, to be, to become. And so um, there is no way that somebody can pick up this book and not receive the knowledge of the word of God. And in order for us to make a divine impact in this world, we must be knowledgeable about who we are, whose we are, and what we possess within. Um, because only then will we be able to silence the enemy and defeat him when we know how to defeat him. And it starts by knowing the truth of God's word. There's a simple saying that says knowledge is power, much knowledge, much power. And so in this book, they're going to receive some knowledge that will give them the power to be all God has called us to be. That is so good because I think one of the number one weapons that the enemy has is to convince us that we're less than we are. And mm -hmm. And, you know, I always have this picture in my head of, and I'm sure I got it from someone that, you know, from a book or a sermon or something, but us, you know, standing in a prison cell with the door closed, but unlocked with, you know, oh, we have the wow. power to walk out of it, but we don't know it. And it's that, that lack of knowledge that keeps us bound and confined in our humanness, in our sinful nature, in, in all of the things that God has just dying to give us victory over and Jesus mm -hmm. died to give us victory over. Wow. That is so good. I really like that. Cause yes, I, I do agree with you. There's so many of us, like you said, knowledge is the key. It is the key that unlocks the door. It unlocks our behaviors, our thinking. And once we can get that unlocked, then it unlocks the prosperity and the victory in our lives. And yes, the enemy knows that. Um, and so that's why we he's constantly telling us false truths. You know, he's constantly whispering these lies to us and through various means, you know, he uses different means, different peoples, um, the TV shows, all these things that have access to us. Um, you know, he'll whisper those lies to keep us in that cell, like you said, um, and just bound and locked down because we don't know any better. Yeah. You know? Wow. Well, one, of, one of the things that you talk about that you, you know, that you struggled with was low self-esteem, which a lot of that is negative self-talk and, and what you've described as psychological warfare. And I'm just curious about how you feel about what is the difference between psychological warfare and spiritual warfare? Are they the same? Are they completely separate? Are they connected in some way? Because I know, you know, we have this sinful nature and, and sometimes I think, well, I don't need the devil. I, I self-sabotage myself in so many ways, but is that, is Satan involved in that? What is your take on that? That is so good what you said. And I have so much to say on that. Good. Like you said, some, sometimes we become, we do, we are self-sabotaging because we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And so, yes, sometimes it doesn't always come from the devil, which is why we need God's spirit to deliver us and give us that renewed mind um, and, and help us to be holy, to stop making bad decisions. Um, that begins in our minds. Um, and so, first of all, I do want to say that the devil's, I believe, the devil's chosen weapon of warfare on us is psychological uh, warfare because he knows that our victory lies in the way that we think. I say this all the time. So to answer your question, psychological and spiritual warfare are connected as most spiritual warfare is psychological. Um, oh, it's about, cool. it's about what takes place in our minds, in our psyche. You know, Joyce Myers wrote a book called the battlefield of the mind. I'm sure yeah. many of us are familiar with that. Um, but it's that battle between good and evil, right and wrong that takes place 
all in our minds. Um, the Apostle Paul, he talks about it in Romans chapter seven in verse 15. And it alludes to, you know, you alluded to it, to it earlier. And I want to read, if you don't mind, those scriptures mm -hmm. in Romans chapter seven. We want to start at verse 15. It says, this is Paul talking for that which I do, I allow not for what I would that do I not. But what I hate that do I. I'm going to scroll down to verse 20. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members or my flesh. And this is what we call psychological warfare. It is the battle of doing what our flesh and our spirit wants to do. For after all, the Bible says that the two are contrary and they're constantly at war. We can't get away from it. Um, but of course, the chapter ends by letting us know that we are delivered or we win this battle by serving the law of God with our minds. At the end of chapter seven, that's what it tells us. We, we win this battle by serving the law of God with our minds, which is made up of our will, which has control of our emotions and our actions. So whatever our minds are full of will determine our actions um, and it will determine the winning side. Whatever we think about the most, whatever is rehearsed in our minds, that's going to determine what we're going to do is it is all about what we believe. And then our actions will be the results of what we believe. That is psychological. That is the psychological part of spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. It's all in the way we think, um, you know, and who we are, who we will become is directly related to our thoughts and words about ourselves. Hmm. And I think anybody that has ever tried to change a bad habit or stop sinning in a certain area that, that has become habitual can attest that when you just address the action, it feels impossible. It feels like yes. you're just, you know, if you have your swear jar, you know, and you put money in every time you curse, or if you have your, you know, you're trying to, to, to start eating more healthy and, and you just keep doing the same things over and over again. If you're not addressing the internal situation mm -hmm. that's causing those things, you're just putting out fires one after the other and, and you're never getting ahead. That makes a lot of sense. Yes, that is so good. Like you said, you got to go to the root of the problem, yeah. which is why the Bible says be renewed in your mind. Yeah. <clears throat> that mind, the will that controls what we do. And it is true for the spiritual and in the natural. Um, do you mind if I continue keep going? Yeah, please. So it's true in the spiritual and in the natural. Um, you know, naturally, as you were talking about those negative ideations, your negative talks, you know, I'm a counselor. And in counseling, um, one of the most famous therapies that we use is called cognitive behavior therapy or CBT. Um, which is a psychosocial intervention that deals with a person's negative thought patterns, um, which is which is dictated by what they speak. So what we do in that therapy is we get them to speak positive self-talk, you know, and then we get them to change their thinking. They have to speak it out loud and then they'll begin to think those positive things. And over the course of time, their behaviors change. It fall. I mean, I have seen it. Um, I had a student that was, you know, just a bad student <laughs> to simply put it. He got in trouble all the times, all the time. And I just, you know, kind of talked with him and said, what's going on with you? Come to find out he was living in a household where the parents were abusing him. And all they did was told him that he would never be anything that he was stupid, he was worthless, and guess what? 
he believed it. Mm. So in his mind, I'm worthless. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I need to act that way because the body starts to follow what you're thinking. And likewise, on the other side, I have these students that are great. They have great grades and they're, they're good students. They come from a home with, with parents that are giving them positive reinforcement. You are so smart. You can do anything you want to do. And they believe it. Mm. So they're thinking without, without parent, mom or dad saying anything, they're constantly thinking, I'm great. I'm smart. I can do it. And those are the ones that are successful. So we have to get, I had to get that student in there with that negative ideations in his mind and change his pattern of thinking. And he became a better student. The same is true in the body of Christ. Um, the Bible says in Proverbs 23 and seven, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he defeated thinking creates a defeated life while victorious thinking creates, of course, a victorious life. Isaiah 26 and three, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Jesus. Philippians four and eight. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Why? So that we can practice them, so that we can become them. Um, we've got to change the way we think. And it starts with putting the word of God in our minds. Oh, that is so important. And, you know, as you're talking about speaking these positive things over ourselves, I know we've, we've talked before in different episodes about affirmations and the power of affirmations, um, yes. right? You know, there's also on the other side of the coin, there's kind of a trend of kind of either new age or secular affirmations where you can manifest things just by saying them over and over again or visualizing them. What is the, what are the, there are some similarities and there are mm -hmm. some differences. So can you highlight what are the differences between biblical affirmations and this other kind of either secular or even new age or other kinds of, of affirmations? Well, first, I think we should note that our words are powerful, whether as a Christian or a non-believer, our words are powerful. They could be used for good or bad, positive or negative. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of our tongue because when we speak, it causes things to take place in the spiritual and yes, in the natural. And we know that affirmations are simply statements that we use um, and that we repeat to become or to have things to manifest in our lives. And what happens is our affirmations affect our brains. The things we say affect our brains because when we think our brain processes the information and prepares us for the action, okay? We think it and our body responds. And so we say these affirmations in order to manifest or bring things to pass. Um, and so Mark eleven twenty three 23 says that if we believe that the things we say shall come to pass and we don't doubt in our heart, we shall have whatsoever we say. So if I say I'm healed, if I say I'm strong, it's going to come to pass because the brain is going to process it in a way that will cause our body to start making it come to pass. And so, yes, there is a difference between biblical affirmations and secular affirmations. If I'm declaring the word of God over my life or if I'm affirming it, speaking it, then it's his word that will begin to manifest in my life that will begin to change me according to his will, okay? And then the secular affirmations are just that. Um, on the opposite of that, if I say what the world is saying, if I'm speaking um, the secular truths or trends, then my brain or my mind is going to start blending according to the world, according to secular 
um, people and the different cultures. And we don't want to go that way as believers. We want to make sure that we are speaking affirmations, speaking um, those truths that are found within the pages of the Bible so that we can make sure that the only thing that's going to pop up in our lives will be those things that are in the will of God. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of just as you were talking about that, I was thinking back to, you know, you're talking about spiritual warfare and, and it being mm -hmm. concentrated in, in the psychological realm. I mean, you're just playing into Satan's hands, really, when you're reaffirming things that either aren't truths or, you know, that are, are building up the flesh part of you and ignoring the spirit part of you, you're, you're basically empowering the enemy by mm -hmm. affirming those things on, on that end of the spectrum. Wow. That's so great. So then it becomes a question of what's most important to you. Yeah. Is it important that I be popular with the world? Is it important that I be, that I become a friend of the world? Is it important or is it important that I am who God says I am? Mm -hmm. Just as you said, if I'm constantly speaking um, what the world says, I have to do this. I want to be like this. There's a um, there's a popular one now. I am Kamala, um, which, of course, is our wonderful new vice president. But that is an affirmation that different ones are saying. And we got to be careful that we don't make these affirmations that are ungodly something that we choose to say and speak over our lives every single day because what it says to God is that that particular affirmation or that subject is more important to you than I am and so now yes some things are some things of God are going to start taking a back seat to those affirmations of the world that we constantly speak over our lives. So believers, we have to be careful with the things that we say. Yeah, because then we could miss out on, on what God's best is. If we, we see something good over here that we want to be moving in the direction toward and might be a good thing, it might be mm -hmm. a great thing, but maybe it's not God's best. Maybe that's not yeah. the direction. And yeah, I could see that would be very important. So yeah, getting oh, back man. to those biblical truths, scripture truths, and mm -hmm. spending time with God mm -hmm. to, you know, ask him, bend my will and my desires. That is so good. Yes, I have. And I actually have a section in my book uh, that talks about different declarations. And that's what it is. It comes straight from the word of God mm -hmm. and is <clears throat> these affirmations, these declarations that you can speak over your life so that the will of God will be, will be manifested in your life based off of his word. I love that. Well, what would you say to somebody that's listening that really would love to know the truth about what God has to say about her, but is kind of intimidated because she doesn't know scripture well or doesn't really even know where to start to find out what God says about her? Mm -hmm. um, well, first of all, let me say that the Bible can be intimidating. It definitely can be. I think we all can attest to the fact that it can be int intimidating, especially for someone who's just starting out. Because first of all, it is a book that is made up of 66 books. It is written in old English, right? Um, it gives us information about both worlds that we see and don't see. And it includes um, information about the past, present, and future. So, you know, it, it can be confusing at times if one is not careful um, one would even say maybe a mountain of an obstacle but a practical first step I would just say is to simply find a mentor to help you climb that mountain oh, that's um, good advice. you know a mentor a, a true man or woman of God who knows the word and could walk with you could guide you along the way um, you know, the same thing happened in Acts chapter eight with Philip and the eunuch, um, you know, Philip saw a eunuch reading the word of God. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? The eunuch responds, how can I accept someone guide me? Mm -hmm. And so, as we know, Philip begins to guide the eunuch and, ex and explains to him the word of God and the eunuch becomes saved. Same thing applies here. Try ask God for a mentor, a true man and woman of God to guide you along 
and it will be just fine. You will be able to conquer that mountain and get into the truth of God's word um, and grow in him. Yeah. And that's a challenge for us, for, you know, those of us that have been studying God's word or that have at least a little bit of a knowledge of scripture to be that person to come alongside someone and say, Hey, do you know what you're reading? Do you know what you're studying? Cause I, you know, I know that a lot of times we focus on our own spiritual growth or underestimate what we know, because I think a lot of us are like, you know, well, I don't, I don't have a degree. I mean, you've got a lot of degrees, so you're qualified. Maybe I'm not qualified. You know, that's, that's kind of the mentality that a lot of us have, but if you know, God, and if you know the basics of, of what the gospel says, and if you know how to find scriptures in the Bible, you're in a place where you could probably meet up with somebody that doesn't know those things and, and help, help her along in her journey. So, yes, absolutely. You know, we find in the Bible that God speaks of us helping our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it doesn't matter about your degree, whether you have a degree or not, if you have been spending time in the word of God and you have a relationship with him and you have the Holy Spirit, um, he's going to reveal things to you. And yes, you will be able to help somebody else along the way. Yeah. Well, what is, um, what, well, first of all, did we, is there anything about the book that we didn't cover that you wanted to share before we, before we move on a little bit? Um, um, just that, um, it is, uh, 20, it is filled with the word of God. It is 23 chapters long. It includes a study guide that you can have group or personal study time. It has a life application section that includes, many scriptures per chapter. Um, And then, as I stated, there's a section that talks about daily declarations. So it actually gives you a list of affirmations or declarations that you can say each day. And I talk about the importance of what we say. Um, I really feel like it's a book that you can use to grow in God. I, I like to think of it as a resource in addition to your Bible that would just help to break it down and explain the word of God in a practical, relatable way for you or your study group. Yeah. Well, and as you're talking about how important it is about what we say to ourselves about who we are, your story about that young man that was struggling in school just really, really cut me just to think that, you know, we, our words to others too, especially the young people in our lives, whether they're our own kids or students or anyone, any, any people in our lives, you know, those words can, we need to be building them up as well. We need to be speaking God's truth over them as well. And, and I think, we have blinders, especially when it comes to the people closest to us. You know, I know for myself and my kids, I, I let careless words about them slip all the time. And, and I just need to really remember that too, that this book could be helpful, not only for declaring truth over your own life, but to, to out, pour that out to the people around you. I think that could be really powerful. Absolutely. That is so wonderful that you said that I agree Um, because once you know more, um, you've been privileged to have more information Then you can start applying it to your life and to the lives of others. So yes, you know, don't hold back the knowledge, but tell somebody else about it. And then in your life, don't just know the truth, but apply it. As you said, you know, we've got to be careful what we're saying. Um, you know, I got to be careful what I say to my husband and to my kids, um, because our words, like I said, it has power. And as a school counselor, and I've been at all three levels, I hear what goes on at home. And like you said, a lot of times parents, they just kind of say things that they let it fly out their mouths out of frustration, or, you know, maybe they're tired, um, you know, maybe they want to go sit down and maybe the child is bothering them. Maybe they have something going on at work. Um, you know, we need to just pray, God, help us to have a Holy Ghost pause. <laughs> I, I have been <laughs> in particular praying for a Holy Ghost pause where mm-hmm. in those times where I'm frustrated and, you know, I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old 
and they want my attention all the time. And so when I get home from work, sometimes I'm a little tired. I'm tired in my mind and my body. And they will run up to me and they'll, mama, 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 mama. And if I'm not careful, I may let some of those words fly out my mouth. You know, nothing too harsh, but I may just say, would you leave me alone right now? Or can you just go sit down for, a, you know, a minute? And, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, that little thing will hurt them, crush their spirit. And um, here lately, within the last couple of weeks, I've been saying, God, please just give me a, ho a Holy Ghost pause yeah. where I can breathe for five seconds and say the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need that, too. I like that. I might, I might use that terminology with myself because it is it, just time, time to let whatever it is in, in my heart settle and, and try to receive, <laughs> put the Holy Ghost filter <laughs> on whatever comes out next. That's right. That's right. I actually heard that from Priscilla Shira a couple of years ago. She said that. And, um, and I, I, it always stuck with me, yeah. but just recently I've had to ask God to give it to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what is a couple of other questions I like to ask our guests sometimes is, is what is the biggest challenge that you face in your own prayer life? And what do you love the most about prayer? Um, <laughs> for me, one of the biggest challenges of prayer is my patience and just simply waiting on God to answer. Yeah. Um, you know, we pray about things and I do love to talk to the Lord and I'm, I'm always like a kid in a candy store. Like he is my father. And I just believe that if I ask my daddy some for something, he's going to do it. You know, yeah. He's going to answer me. He's going to deliver. He's going to make a way. And sometimes he doesn't always do it when I want him to. Yeah. And so, um, those are the times where I find it challenging just to simply wait on him um, and wait good you know, to wait with a good attitude, with a right. positive, <laughs> with a positive attitude, not fussing, not being mad or upset at people, um, but just to have the ability to wait good. Um, and I, it, it's funny because I, I love David, and you know, so I read Psalms all the time, and a lot of the Psalms, David, uh, you find him him saying, "Come quickly, God," or "Hurry." don't delay. Um, so uh, I think, you know, David felt my pain that, you know, sometimes we just want God to come, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm getting better. He's helping me uh, to simply wait. And um, as far as what I love about prayer, I love simply coming to Jesus just as I am. Mm -hmm. I love that I can be open with God and I can talk to him about however I'm feeling. I can share my heart with him at any time, anywhere. And the Bible says that he will not reject me. He says it in his word, those that come unto me, I will not reject. And, you know, because it's so, sometimes you got to, you know, put on a face for people um, you got to um, front or if you will, or not necessarily front, but you want to try to present your best self mm -hmm. to people. But with God, I love that in prayer, I can just be myself, let my hair down and be honest with God and share how I'm feeling, knowing that he won't tell anybody, you know, he's my confidant, he's my friend. And um, so sim simply put, I just love coming to Jesus just as I am. <laughs> yeah, being known and fully, completely known. And well, it reminds me of the song, Known and Loved, you know, where yeah. you're fully known and you're still loved. And, and to yes. know that is powerful because even in our most intimate human relationships, I think we have this fear that if we let our true colors show that, that it may turn someone off. It may make them not love us as much. And just knowing God loves me, that's a fact. And, and he sees through every layer that we, that we have is so comforting and just, yeah, that's powerful. It well, really I almost got off of here without having you share one of your Psalms. I really was excited to hear that you're a Psalmist. Will you share one of your Psalms with us? 
I'm sure I would love to. Um, and when I, when you had told me, asked me if I could share, um, it kind of, I was like, wow, I've never been able to share one of my songs before. So I'm actually kind of excited to do Ooh, it, excited so and nervous. Um, and as we know, you know, our Psalms or these Psalms are uh, just songs that are birthed in times of intimacy with the Lord, in that time of prayer and that encounter with God um, and just the time that I'm pouring out my heart to him and then he responds to me. And so I would like to share one um, that's simply called Jesus. Um, so hope you like it. <laughs> there is a name I love to hear. It comforts me and takes away my fears. It is the man that lifts me up whenever I am down. It is the name that spoke to me and turned my life around. Jesus, 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 oh, Jesus, 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 oh, Jesus, it is the name above all names, let all the earth proclaim, Jesus, this name is like no other, it's more than just a word. The mountains move and they bow down whenever it is heard. It can never be put down or ever be replaced. His name stands forever. It will never be erased, Jesus, 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 oh, Jesus, 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 oh, Jesus. It is the name above all names. Let all the earth proclaim. Jesus, he is Jehovah Jireh, the God who will provide. He is Jehovah Nisi, he covers me. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is my peace. He's my savior, God and friend. And by his blood, I've been set free. Jesus, Jesus. 
Jesus, oh Jesus, 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 oh Jesus. It is the name above all names. Let all the earth proclaim Jesus. Oh, Stacy, that was beautiful. Oh my goodness. You have a gorgeous voice. And I mean, that was, uh, I wanted to sing along and I I should have muted myself so I could. That was beautiful. Oh my goodness. And you've never recorded any of these and never, you have to, you really have to. That was just a blessing. That was a blessing. Thank you. To God be the glory. I, I, I hope so one day. Never know what the Lord has in store. <laughs> All right. Well, that was, that was incredible. Thank you so much. I feel yes, so privileged that you shared that with us. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes, ma'am. It was great. Well, we are out of time, but this has been beautiful. Just being able to talk with about scripture with you and hearing your psalm and, and just seeing your heart and your passion for God's word and for getting it out there. Um, just the amount of time that it took you to write this book and to research it, just your, your desire to handle God's word with, reverence and and accuracy and truth i love that so i'm excited for people to get your book so what um where can listeners find your book and find you online and on social media yes absolutely um they can find me um on my website www.stacypcard.com and that stacy is spelled s-t-a-c-e-e-p-c-a-r-r Dot com. And on the website, I would love for you to peruse it. Um, there's different videos up there where I am uh, explaining the book and, and just giving you words of encouragement and just different things concerning the book I am. And also on that book, there's a, a direct link, excuse me, on the website, there is a direct link for you to purchase the book that takes you to Amazon. And on social media, you can find me on IG. Uh, Facebook and Twitter at Stacy P. Carr. I would love to talk with you um, even more about the Word of God. I would love to stay in touch with you. So please um, contact me. I would love to hear from you. Great. Well, how can we pray for you today? Um, first of all, I thank you so much for your prayers. For God said, men ought to always pray and faint not. So if you would, I would be so grateful if you could just pray that God would continue to be glorified in my life um, and that he would lead and guide me along this journey. Absolutely. I will do it. Well, thank you again for being here. I just, I can't wait for, um, can't wait to hear your, your Psalms recorded for all the world to hear. No pressure. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Lord willing, but no, I just, I love that. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see just, I know this book is going to really impact people and, and draw them to God and just transform people's lives through scripture. So thanks for putting it out there and for being with us. Amen. Thank you so much for the invitation and uh, allowing me to share the truth of God's word with you. You've been awesome. <laughs> thanks. All right. Well, let's pray. God, we just thank you for this time. It's just a, always a privilege to talk about your word and your truth and to just fight that battle with the sword of the spirit, with the word of God. We know that, um, that there were some, some enemy forces slain today as we spoke truth and as we heard from Stacy, just sharing about the importance of knowing who we are and whose we are and, and what we've been created for. God, we just lift up your word. We pray that it would go out, that it would not return empty, and that each person listening would, would find themselves 
in, in a cell with the door wide open and, and would take that first step out, whatever it is, whatever they're struggling with, whatever they're bound to, whatever false beliefs about who they are, um, whatever limiting thoughts about what they can do through the power of Christ in them, um, God, that, that they would be just have open eyes to what they can do when they believe who you are and whose they are and the power of Jesus in them. God, we lift Stacy up to you. We, we just thank you for this anointed ministry that you have given her, this um, powerful ministry to speak your word, to speak truth, to equip other people to see your truth and to recognize it and to speak it over their own lives and in the lives of others around them. God, we just pray that this book would go out and, and that it would impact many, many people, far more than Stacy could ever ask or dream or imagine. We pray that salvations would happen, that people would be confronted with the truth of, of your word and would meet Jesus for the first time. We pray that those that already know Jesus would just have strongholds and um, vices and addictions and um, sinful habits broken in the name of Jesus and by the power of your word. God, we just pray that you would give Stacy wisdom and vision and knowledge where to go next, what your next steps are for her. We pray that you would just um, bless her and protect her and, and, and protect her ministry, protect her marriage and her family, protect her children, and, and just rain down your blessings on her home. And we just pray that you would um, show her exactly what you have for her next and open doors wide open that that would otherwise have been closed um, direct her exactly where you want her to go just to impact as many people as possible for your glory and for the furthering of your kingdom god in jesus name we pray amen amen thank you so much awesome prayer thank you lord thanks for joining us on today's episode of the praying christian women podcast We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.